0: So good. Hey, welcome to Unity Chapel. Shout out to all those watching online as well. We got a bunch of people joining us online for our services. We stream to Facebook now too, which is pretty cool. So if you're on Facebook, share it. Might as well. But if it's not good, don't. I don't. If it's good, share it. If it's not, don't. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. But welcome everybody. Um, I just want to, I kind of did this last service as well. I, I, is it okay if I open up this talk kind of with just some vulnerability and honesty? Is that okay? Is this a safe place? Good. Good, good. Last night, you know, we do a a Saturday night service and then three on on the Sunday morning services. And, uh, you know, I got here last night. We're we're kicking off our service. We're doing worship. And, you know, Glenn gets up, does the announcements. And, by the way, he's just preaching it up here. And I think he's trying to steal my thunder. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. But, Glenn, watch your back, man. (laughs) I'm just kidding, I love Glenn, but we get here and you know I get up here, I start you know talking and you know get through this whole message and at the end of the service I kind of walk off the stage and you know I just, I had this kind of weird feeling about it if I'm being completely honest. And I kind of go back to my office, and I'm sitting there. I'm kind of hanging out, and, and I'm kind of thinking. And In fact, I was in there, and I didn't even realize, but I hear the the alarm system start to beep. <laughs> and I look out my window, and all the lights are off, and they had armed the building. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I, I was just sitting there kind of thinking about this message. And, and I realized, and I was kind of praying and talking to God. And I realized, you know, I, Lord, I'm sorry, because I, I think that I kind of did this without you. Yeah, and I was just, I don't know, it it bothered me a lot, and I I was just sitting there talking to God, and I'm saying, God, listen, I got three more shots tomorrow, and I don't want you to not be a part of those services tomorrow, and like I even said this last service, like I, I was up real late last night, I couldn't sleep very well, and you know, and so I'm feeling a little tired, a little bloated today, you know how it goes, sort of thing, and so, but I just want to say this, like, no matter what happens here today, I just want God to be a part of, of what we do here today. Don't you want that? <laughs> like, I want God to meet us here today. I don't care about anything else. I just want God to come and and be with us. And so I'm going to pray for us at, before we even start The talk today hopefully it's good like I said share it if it is Um, but I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would be here and that God would speak to us today so Lord thank you for this church God thank you for our church family Lord thank you for what you've done in the past what you're gonna do in the future and so Holy Spirit we just ask this morning that you'd come and you would bless us with just a great 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 amount of your presence God speak to us help us know who we are and help these people know I'm right. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, yes. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, we're, like Glenn said, we're kicking off a new series today called My Name is Blank. And today, if you're taking notes, the title of this message they love when we give titles, the title is My Name is Royal, okay? About a year ago, around this time, a year ago, 2018, hold on. They, you know, in, in school, they taught me not to speak with gum, and I have gum, and it's driving me nuts. Let me, sorry. Restart my story. About a year ago, around this time in 2018, uh, my, my best redheaded friend, Caleb Staten, and I, he's my co worker, 180 Pastor, shouts out. That's uh, my plug. Uh, we were up, actually, a lot of people don't know this. Back in that corner upstairs, there's a closet, and that's kind of our serve closet. And then behind that is another closet with a full blown weight room. <laughs> I, did anybody know that? Not a lot just like 3. So if I catch you working up out, if I catch you working out up there, you all know it's cuz of me. And so we were working out up there one morning, you know, it was 2018, beginning of the year, new year, new me. We're up there, it's intense, the music's blaring, and I, you know, I just I think a lot. And so again, we're working out, and so I just out of nowhere kind of get this thought, this idea uh, for serve that year. So it's like six months away, and I get this idea about serve. And so I turn down the music. I'm like, kib, 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 kib. I got this crazy idea. You got to hear it. And so, you know, I start telling them, I-, I don't know why, but I'm getting this sense that this year at serve, we need to do an entire week for our students and, and for everybody involved, uh, really surrounding the issue of identity. And I think we need to really, I think, you know, all all of these things that we want for our students and our leaders and all the people we get to leave, we want them to, like, live these lives of, of, like, purpose and destiny and power. And, like, I want them to go to school and actually live like they're Christ followers sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? And I said, Caleb, I think that a lot of them are struggling with that because they don't know who they are. And I think if we spend a week telling them who they are, it's going to help. <laughs> that's a good idea. And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. that's a great idea. And so last year, how many of y'all were at serve or a part of serve? Quite a few of you. Yeah, it was amazing. We did a series called throughout the whole week called We Are Royals, where we just basically hammered that in their heads for a whole week. And let me just say this, last year at serve, I've only been to serve four times now. That was the best serve i I've ever experienced because God was just miraculously moving. <laughs> he was doing crazy things. People were getting healed left and right. Like I think I can say this, but I just talked to Jim Lee. He's leading Growing You right now, but I remember there was this moment where you know we just told our students who they were and what they have access to, and they started praying for him, and he had kind of struggled in his hearing and his one ear, and it just in a moment came back to him from middle schoolers. <laughs> it was so cool, and we saw this the whole week. And so what I'm getting at is that through this series here, this my name is series, we kinda want to almost do the same thing just with y'all. Is we want to spend three weeks helping you really understand who you are in in God. And I I want to say that you have to believe about you. How God believes about you. That's, I guess that's the goal. I, I didn't know how to say that perfectly. But we want to get you to a point where you actually see you as the person God created you to be. Cool? So I want to kick us off today. I want to start us off with this kind of three-part statement. So if you're taking notes, it's a great thing to take notes on. It's real easy to remember. Very simple. It's just a simple three-part statement, and I'll, I'll go part by part. Here's the first part. is you are not who others say you are. Pretty simple, huh? You are not who others say you are. Write that down. You know, I, y- y'all know the world loves to throw labels at us. We love to, you know, you're this, you're this, you're this. You're talented at this. You should do this. You, you're, but uh, I just want the first part of the statement, you are not who others say you are. Second part of the statement, you are not even who you say you are. You are not who you even say you are. And then third part you are only who god says you are you are only who god says you are and i want to use that three-part statement kind of as a, a foundation for where we are going today but again the goal for us today is that you know i want to help you get to a place where you actually see you how god sees you you have to see you how god sees you because if i'm being honest I don't think I think there are a lot of people, even probably a lot of people in the room today that you actually don't view yourself how God views you. And you don't live the life that God has actually created you to live, even as a a Christian. Okay, and so I want to kind of propose this problem. I think that one of the biggest issues in all of this and kind of this identity crisis, I think the church has the big C church like all of us is that we in our our society today, we have this kind of thought problem. We got kind of like this mental, I guess, issue, whatever you want to call it, to where we actually think about ourselves bad more often than we think good. Does that make sense? The the, the bad outweighs the good in our minds, okay? And now they've done studies on this in science. There's a there's a, a thing in psychology, and if you're in psychology or if you're a counselor or, you know, a, a doctor, anything of that sort, there's this thing in in psychology called the negativity bias or the negativity dominance and if i'm going to kind of share about this and if i'm wrong don't tell anybody but it's a good point there's this thing called the negativity bias that i'll just read you some of these stats here they've done studies on this on thousands uh, and thousands of people in our country and here are just some averages some stats you on average have 50,000 thoughts per day 50,000 thoughts per day that's crazy to me that's it she says (laughs) I don't know what's going on in your mind. (laughs) 50,000 thoughts per day. That's crazy. Here's another stat. On average, 90% of your thoughts, of your 50,000 thoughts you have every day, are subconscious. So you don't even know you're thinking what you're thinking. You're not paying attention to what you're thinking about 90% of the time. It's pretty crazy. Here's another stat. On average, in America, 60 to 75%. 60 to 75% of your thoughts are negative. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, holy cow, that's crazy. So here, let me just back up. You got 50,000 thoughts a day. You got a lot of thoughts. Well, the vast majority of the things in your head are negative and 90% of the time you don't even know you're thinking them. You are telling yourself on a regular basis negative things about you. (laughs) Like, you are hating you to yourself, and sometimes you don't even know it. And I just want to propose today, this is what I, I want to propose, is that you are not supposed to think bad about you. And I, I just want to give this disclaimer. This isn't like a, like a self-help talk. Like, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. If you do, I'm glad. But that's not what this is, okay? But I do want to propose that I think you are supposed to think about you and view you how God views you which, how many of you know, is all wonderful things. It's all good stuff. It's how he viewed you, it's how, uh, views you, how he created you. And so that's what I'm, I want to propose today. And so I, I, what we're going to do is I'm going to kind of take two camps of thinking today, and we're going to contrast these two camps, and then at the end we're going to tie it all together uh, by making it kind of practical and real. Uh, but I'll just kind of define these two things for you before we move forward here. And so if you want to write them down, this is going to be a good thing to write down. The first thing I want to talk about today is something called a poverty mindset. Poverty mindset or a poverty way of thinking. Poverty. You call a pauper or, you know, a peasant, whatever you want to, a poverty sort of mindset. The poverty mindset goes something generally like this. I have nothing. I deserve nothing. God, please just give me a little bit of something. I have nothing, I deserve nothing, I'm terrible, woe is me, I'm poor, it's all bad, God, please just give me something, okay? That's the poverty mindset. The royal, on the other hand, we have what we're going to call the royalty mindset, the royalty way of thinking, royal way of thinking, and the royal mindset says this, because of Jesus, not because of me, but because of Jesus, I have everything, in the kingdom of God, I have access to everything, all the love, all the power, all the grace, all the mercy. Because of Jesus, I have all that. And so I no longer need to take from you or take from anybody else, but I can freely give. And thank you, thanks be to God, he allows me to have access to all of him, all of his power, everything. Do you see the difference? And so today, I want to spend some time contrasting these two. I have nothing, and I deserve nothing, versus because of Jesus, I have everything, okay? I don't want to get off my notes. I've got to stay to the notes. It's important I get off. You wouldn't believe how often I get off the notes. <laughs> I want to kind of use this as an illustration here this morning. About a year ago, there was a royal wedding. Any of y'all see the royal wedding? Come on. Any fangirls out there? about the royal wedding. listen i remember all this was going down it's all over the news and all over social media and you know prince harry so charming riding in on a horse and you know going to get his lovely wife and it was just this crazy thing but you had uh, you know over in england you have this royal family who's kind of at the head of their government right and uh it's pretty cool and they, it's a family that is royal. And so there was this prince named Prince Harry who started dating this girl named Meghan Markle who was uh, uh, from the United States. She was, uh, I believe, an actress and uh, pretty cool, I guess. And so they fell in love and, you know, they, were, they got married. And so I remember during this time that all this was happening, reading about all of the things that actually changed in her life when she went from being a common person to a royal person, from being a part of like just a normal family to a royal family. Very, very interesting. There's a lot of them, but I don't have time to share them all, but here are just a couple of the, the cool ones. Number one is is the royal family is not allowed to, to have any social media. They're not allowed to post. They're not allowed to I don't, tweet, whatever. They're not allowed to have any social media, and it's kind of crazy because uh, Megan, she was you know, like I said, a, an actress before this, and so she had a, a decent social media following and had a, a good amount of influence on social media. But once she became royal, she it was just something that she had to give up. Um, another thing is the royal family, they're not allowed to autograph anything. And I think there's only been like one time, I think I read in history, where like some king signed this autograph for like one of his best friends or something, but they're not allowed to autograph anything because they're so careful about their signature being forged. So if she loved autographing stuff before, it's just something she can't do now. Another thing, this is kind of my favorite one, is that in the royal family, when you go from being common to royal, there's a lot of like rules surrounding dinner time you know, like maybe you've seen the movie, you got like 15 forks and 47 spoons and you're supposed to wear your napkin a certain way and like say certain words. You guys know what I'm talking about? You with me? Like dinner time completely changed for her. And this was what I thought was one of the coolest and funniest things, I guess, is that in at, when they're eating dinner together, if at any point the queen decides I, it's over for me, I'm done, you know, like I'm not eating anymore. And she gets up and leaves, like you are not allowed to eat. And so, like, I don't know, just in my 25-year-old mind, I'm thinking, like, you know, we should. sometimes I show up to dinner, I'm like, Ugh. and you know, if the queen does that, and I'm sitting at the table, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I'm hungry. I don't know, it's just me. But the point is this, everything changed for her. And not only kind of these funny things I'm saying, but, like, she also, as a royal member of the family now, got access to a lot of the benefits of that kingdom and so Megan now before she has access to her own wealth whatever she's made or her family and now she's a part of a new family and so she has access to royal wealth like the houses the cars the boats you know I don't know what they do in England like what do they play croquet I, you know I don't know but she has access to it all why because she's in the family Power, you know, royal power. Like I said, they're at the head of this nation, and and they get to make decisions, and they get to, you know, one of the things I think is so cool is the royal family actually is, they are the group of people that declares war if they need to go to war. And come on, that will preach in and of itself. (laughs) But they're powerful. You know, she gets now new access to royal influence. And so the things before that she said, maybe she had some influence, but the things she says now hold a lot of weight. And not only all that, but now she has a new name. Like she used to be Meghan Markle, and now her legal name is like the Duchess of Sussex, I think, which is very weird. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? She's got a new name. Why? Because she's in the family. She's in the family. And I just want to say today that because of who our dad is, you also have access to all of the kingdom, all of the power, all of the wisdom, all of the, the love and the mercy, all of him, all of it. Why? Because of who your dad is, because of whose family you're in. It's a beautiful thing, and I'm passionate about this. I, this is a funny story. About three months ago, I was speaking at this camp over in Bluffton, Indiana, that way, I think. Bluffton Indiana. maybe you've been there I don't know but you know we' speaking at this camp for high school students and it was a whole weekend long and uh, we got to the Saturday morning service and you know I'm speaking and we get done and I have this like big kind of gap in the day where they don't really need me to be around and so I'm like I'm from Bern I grew up in Bern my parents live in Bern so I'll just drive over to burn and you know they don't know I'm here so I'll just surprise them. And so I drive to Bern, and, you know, I pull in our driveway, and and I I start walking up to the house, and, you know, I get there, and I realize no one's home. (laughs) My parents aren't there. And so I'm like, you know, I lived here for like 20 years or so. I'll just go in and hang out for a little bit. And so I I just, you know, I know how to get in. I lived there for a long time, and so I I go in the house, go to the fridge, grab a Diet Mountain Dew. You know, we love Diet Mountain Dew at our house. Anybody else a fan? Yeah, yeah, I see a couple hands. I'm addicted. Pray for me. It's too good. But grab the, the DMD, you know, open my laptop, get on the Wi-Fi, you know, go down to the living room, turn on the TV, maybe use the bathroom. And, you know, I'm like, oh, and one of the other things, you know, I go to the freezer. I love doing this at my parents' house. Sorry, my mom and dad are here. I love them. Maybe they don't know this yet. But I love going to the freezer and just grabbing a bunch of meat and taking it home. <laughs> I'm like, hey, they, make a lot, they probably make a lot more money than I do. I don't feel bad. Love you guys. <laughs> Maybe they didn't know that yeah, I don't know. Um so I do that. You know, and then I'm sitting there kind of thinking, and I'm like, you know, if if my parents came home, they still didn't know I was there by the way. If my parents came home, they would have been probably really excited to see me. But they would have been excited to see me. You know, it's like, hey, surprise. <laughs> you know, I was thinking like if I wanted, I could, you know, go through the boxes in the house, you know, kind of go through the store, go through closets. I could, I have access to any room. I could, I would be allowed in any room. I could take a shower if I wanted to. I can eat any of the food. You know, I can, whatever. If, the, if it's summer and the pool's open, I can go use the pool. And I'm just thinking about that, and I'm like, I can really do anything I, I want here. Now, for the sake of the illustration, how many of you know, you can't do that at my parents' house? How many of you know that's a breaking and entering? You can't. You're going to end up in jail. You're getting the cops called. Why? You don't have my last name. You're not in my family. <laughs> we got the church family. But you're not in my family. And how many of you know I can't do that at your house? You'd be like, this pastor's crazy. Oh, <laughs> because I'm in the family. And what I'm seeing in our church culture is that i feel like a lot of people they're like yes i want to follow jesus and then they walk around like they don't know whose family they're in (laughs) you know like i wonder what if we all just knew every day we woke up with oh my i'm i'm born to be in the kingdom i'm born to have power i'm born to to walk in freedom i'm born to walk in destiny like when 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 you know whose family you're in how many you know that that You're already filled up, and so you have room then to go and pour out to other people. You don't need from other people. That means your marriage gets better because it's not all about you. That means your relationships at work get better. Why? Because you already have everything you need. You don't need to take it from them. How many of you know that you can forgive easier? You can have mercy better? You can love people better? And let me just say this. When people know who they are in God, it's like people start to notice (laughs) You know these people. If I asked you who's the godliest person you know, you'd say it, and you'd be like, yeah, everybody knows. (laughs) They notice, because people that know who they are, and know whose family they're in, they're secure, and so they take risks. They fear not. They have courage. They're crazy. (laughs) Why? Because they know whose family they're in. And This is what I'm seeing in our church, not just this church, but, again, Big C Church, is that it's like, you know, God has this big palace, and he's like, come on in. I got, you know, all the rooms available to you. Take stuff out of the freezer if you want. (laughs) Take it home. You know, use the bathroom. Use, you know, get in the fridge. You know, come on into my room. Hang out with me. And it's like we're all on the street in our rags, like, hoping just to get a sliver of something from the trash can. It's like, I have nothing and I deserve nothing. I did this last weekend. I, my marriage went bad. I had that abortion back then. I, I did that to that person. I lost that job. We made that bad decision. I deserve nothing. And God's there saying, no, you're in my family. Come on in. Come on in. I got a great verse. I want to read this to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. I love this chap. this passage, Paul. He's making this big kind of discourse i guess you could say on he's kind of contrasting old testament which he calls the law and new to the new testament which he calls grace and he basically says this is better you have this now and he gets to this point where he says because of grace basically you're in the family let me just read this to you it says this 17 and since we are his true children notice he doesn't say fake or have children or you know true children we actually qualify to share all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. All, all, all. Listen, I'm not that smart, but I know that in the Greek, the word all means all. (laughs) We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. In other words, when you say yes to Jesus, you're, get, you get adopted. There's only three ways to enter a family. You're born, you're married, or you're adopted into the family. And praise be to God that he adopts us into his family, but also gives us access to everything. It says we are heirs of God. I looked up the definition to the word heir. Don't worry. I know what it means. I'm going to tell you. It means when a, it's, it's a person that is entitled to all of the wealth, the property, and status of somebody. That's that's good news, isn't it? Heirs of God. I love it. I'm very passionate about this, y'all. You gotta start helping me preach this. I'm, I'm having a good time up here. <laughs> Coffee. Here's what I wanna do. I know that this whole thing is kind of like metaphoric, you know, like obviously like, being princes and princesses in in the kingdom of god you know that's like that's just kind of metaphoric and i i know a lot of times people are like okay what's that actually mean for my life (laughs) like what should i do and so what we have done is uh you know i'll just go back to serve for a second what we did at serve was part of that week we did a message and we kind of did a talk like this and and what i did was i threw up statements on the screen kind of one by one to to help people really see this is what this looks like in life this is what this means and seriously this was one of the highest amounts of feedback i've ever gotten on a message before just this part alone and so this is good i want to put these statements up one by one by one and i kind of want to just read them to you slowly and and i want you to just kind of evaluate where am i at do i do this well is this an area where i have like a poverty mindset is this an area where i have a royal mindset, do I actually know who I am, do I need counseling, you know, like, just evaluate, and and try to apply this actually to your life, because I, seriously, I don't want to, again, I said this last time, I don't want to get up here and just give a good talk, (laughs) if I leave, and no one knows who they are, why, why did we do this, (laughs) okay, I want us to take steps forward today, cool, I'm just going to throw these up one by one, let's just we'll just jump in here here's the first one royalty is confident poverty is insecure royalty is confident poverty is insecure now if you are writing these down just we're going to kind of move through them so just a heads up i uh, we'll put them on social media or something this week um but if you do want to keep writing them down just write like the two words You don't have to write the whole statement. It'll just help you out. You'll thank me later, okay? Royalty is confident. Poverty is insecure. And I really quickly just want to say, like, confidence and arrogance are not, it's not the same thing. Okay, confidence says, I understand who I am. I know who God's created me to be. I know how he's gifted me, and I'm just confident about that, and I'm thankful. Arrogance says, look at me. It's all about me. Does that make sense? So there's a difference. I really think, God, in the kingdom, we should be confident because we know who we are and whose we are, makes sense. Royalty is confident; poverty is insecure. Next one: royalty creates opportunities, while poverty waits for opportunities. Royalty creates opportunities while poverty waits for opportunities. Next one: royalty takes care of problems, while poverty buries its problems. It's really good. Evaluation. You know, I've got an issue. Am I actually dealing with it? Is it out in the light? Am I going after it or am I just kind of sitting on it and hoping it goes away? Here we go. Next one. Royalty says, I'm a victor. Poverty says, I'm a victim. Keep going. Royalty attacks the enemy while poverty tries to defend against the enemy and continues to fail. Let's keep going, the next one is one of my favorite ones. Royalty hates sin while poverty makes excuses for sin. I, listen, I see this all the time. I, you know, I work with students. Like I said, shouts out to 180. Um, see it all the time. I'll get a student come in my office. You know, hey, I'm I'm doing this with my girlfriend. I don't know if it's good. You know, but I'm. I, we only did this, and we didn't go all the way. And, and you know, I'm like, I got students that are like, you know, I know I'm 17, and I know I've been drinking, but we're not doing anything like really bad. Like it's not. We're not being dangerous. We're not. We're not driving and i'm like what let's stop with the ex- just the excuses and let's start actually just hating sin and knowing that like because we're royal we don't eat out of the garbage can anymore like we got better food now <laughs> why would i even want to go there that's what i want to see him listen i told you i'm passionate about this i got to keep going next thing royalty finds an opportunity in every problem while poverty finds a problem in every opportunity you've seen people like this Next one, royalty feels empowered while poverty feels entitled. Goes back to that, I already have everything. I'm powerful, not I have nothing, give me that. Next one, royalty makes history while poverty fears the future. I spent a lot of time afraid of my future, a lot of time, long time. Not anymore, I know who I am. Royalty takes responsibility while poverty blames others. That's good. Royalty asks, who is worthy of my investment? Poverty asks, what can you give to me? Hey, Ben, y'all can come up here too, by the way. You guys know I preach a lot better with the music, right? Right? Next one, royalty surrounds itself with powerful influencers while poverty surrounds itself with people who continue to validate and perpetuate your poverty. Who do you hang out with? Last one, royalty eats from the royal feast. Poverty eats from the trash. Now, I want to close with this t- today. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, about six years ago or so, I was about 19, um, I did an internship, this really, really intense internship uh, up in northern Indiana at a little town called Napanee, Indiana. It's kind of a crazy thing. It's like a little town of seven or 8,000 people with a bunch of Amish. And like this, there's like this massive church there of like 5,000 people. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But <laughs> I'm doing this internship. You know, uh, they told me to apply. You should apply for this. You know, eight people get selected from all over the country, and it's just like this super, super, super intense internship where basically what they do is they try to like burn you out in terms of like spiritual discipline and burn you out in terms of like doing ministry to make sure you really want to do it (laughs) because it's hard. And I'm doing this internship, and part of it is that they, like I said, they require you to do like every single day quite a bit of time alone with God, you know, we call it Tog, TAWG, T-A-W-G, time alone with God, and so, you know, two times a day, we're spending an hour with God, you know, it's hard for people with ADD, pray for me, um, but I'm doing it, and this one day, you know, before we go to do our Tawg, you know, they're kind of talking, and they're talking about how, you know, a lot of times, people actually carry around names, like Maybe somebody else gave you a name. I and mean, I'm not talking about like Jerry. I'm talking like something a little deeper. You get names. We carry these names. And they're kind of explaining like God actually wants to give people new names. And he wants to actually like re-identify you. And so they're, they're like, go spend some time with God. You know, get alone in your little room. We had our own spot for the whole summer. And you know, I'm writing on the walls. It's crazy, but I'm am in this room, and I'm I'm hanging out with God. I'm just asking him, like, Lord, what like what is what is the name I've been carrying around? And he starts to speak to me, and he he goes, cool. You you believe that your name kind of is unlovable? And I've for a long time. <laughs> For a long time back then i walked around feeling unlovable and so i would do everything in my power to make my appearance make my performance everything about me become lovable like it consumed me and i learned wow you actually think that you don't deserve to be loved impoverished mindset right you don't believe you deserve it and he i'm like okay god what's my name i'm freaking out because you know at this i'm 19 i hadn't heard from god a lot i'm just learning and I'm like, what's my name? And he, I remember this very clearly, says to me, you're attractive. And at first I'm like, huh, that's, yeah, thank you. That's nice. But then I started to realize like, what he meant was that you're not attractive for you, you're attractive for me. And he started to like tell me, you know, a lot of people in our, our culture today, they don't, they're not really attracted to me. And they're not attract. Going to church isn't the thing to do anymore, or whatever. And you are actually for the rest of your life going to be somebody that attracts people back to me, that helps reconcile people back to me. And I'm starting to feel like, wow, that's a good name. And so people were like, cool. Why are you so crazy in church? And I'm like, you don't get it. I have a name. He identified me as attractive, and so I'm going to be attractive for the church, (laughs) for him. And it's so cool to me because some of my favorite stories in the Bible are stories where God actually meets people and he encounter and people encounter him and he changes their name. Genesis 17, you should read this. Abram doesn't have kids. He wants to have a kid. He wants to be a father. God changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many and he says, you're gonna be the father of many people and for many, for many many years you believe, you know, you're fatherless and you're worthless because of it, but you're actually gonna father a nation of people. John chapter one, Peter goes to Jesus and, Peter, and Jesus is like, Peter, who do you say I am? And he's like, you're the Christ. And Jesus says, yeah, very good. And now because you realized who I was, I'm gonna tell you who you are. And he changes his name to rock solid and then you know Saul later on in in Acts chapter 9 I believe it is you know falls off his horse and he meets Jesus and he's like I can't see and Jesus is like yeah your new name is Paul go and change the world and I just see all the time God actually switching people's identities from something that the world has called you or you have called you into something that he calls you does anybody want that and so today here's what we're going to do if you grab your bulletin, you got a little uh, name tag. And it's really funny because I've seen a couple people write their name. And, and I'm like, it's not for that, but thank you. <laughs> Pull that out. What we're going to do is we're going to sing a song here, and i got to finish up. We're going to sing a song. And during this song, I just want you to kind of throw the rule book out the window, okay? I know everybody's got these rules, like i got to stand up. And when it builds, i got to raise my hands. And... Then when it stops, I gotta put them down. Like, just throw the rules out the window, okay? <laughs> I just want to give you permission. During this song, I want you to sit there and I want you to kind of ask God, Lord, what is the name that I that I got on my life? Maybe I've walked around with it for my whole life. What's that name? And then I want you to ask Him, God, what's my new name? What is my new name? And listen, I'm telling you, you don't believe He'll tell you. We've seen over 20 people come. I've had over 20. Maybe 30 people come up to me just this weekend so far and said, oh my gosh, I got a name. <laughs> oh my, he did it. He gave me a new name. And so once you get it, I want you to write it on that little name tag. And I want you to keep the name tag. Put it on, you know, on, in your Bible, on your mirror at home, on your desk at work, on your speedometer in your car so you don't see how fast you're going. I don't know. Keep it with you. But I think God wants to give you a new name. Anybody excited about that? So I'm gonna pray and we're gonna sing. Jesus, <laughs> thank you, Lord, for being here. Thank you for your presence, God. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us today, God. Maybe there's people and they've never even, they've never even heard your voice. Maybe this, the first time they hear your voice is when you tell them who they are. How cool would that be? God, I pray that we would be a people that walks with our head high because we know what family we're in. I pray that we would love well because we know what family we're in. God, I pray that our relationships would be better because of who our family is and the kingdom that we're from. God, would you empower us, make us bold for you. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen.